Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Ultrasound Gel Podcast. My name is Jacob Avila, and I'm joined today by Michael Pratt, MD. Mike, how are you doing today, bud? It's great today. It's a beautiful, sunny day in Columbus. It is. It is. And we're going to talk about one of my most important and most favorite topics today, and that is the ultrasonographic diagnosis of heart failure using lung ultrasound. The study that we're going to talk about today is entitled Anterior versus Lateral Symmetric Interstitial Syndrome in the Diagnosis of Acute Heart Failure, and that is in the International Journal of Cardiology published in 2019. Now, heart failure is something that is important because a lot of our patients have this. A lot of our patients present with shortness of breath, and we need to figure out what intervention we need to perform to get our patients healthier as soon as possible. Now, there's been a trend in the medical literature lately as diagnosing people with dyspnea as either being a heart failure or a non-heart failure origin of that dyspnea. And this study is basically looking at that. So what they did here is they basically took two other studies that had been previously published in 2014 and 2015, and they took that patient population and looked at a pretty interesting question. Now, Mike, I like to say that I just like efficiency, but I suspect you down inside that I'm actually just lazy. I like to do the least amount of work possible. And this study, the reason it just sings to me is because I think they were kind of asking the same question. What is the least amount of work we can do to diagnose our patient with heart failure? So Mike, what did they do? Well, they were looking at whether the anterior or lateral lung fields were better or both and like you said maybe it's their laziness or maybe it's their passion for efficiency but really I think they were getting to the heart of this question that we've all been taught that pulmonary edema will go to the more dependent parts of the lung and so therefore if you're looking more posteriorly in a supine patient or semi upright patient then theoretically that should be more sensitive whereas if you're looking in the anterior lung fields that should be more specific mm-hmm. because it theoretically would take a lot more pulmonary edema to fill all the way up to the top that's kind of how i picture it in my head yeah that so makes when sense. i saw this i thought hey they're going to get to the bottom of it is this true mm-hmm. Now, they did this in an interesting way. These authors are ultrasound pros, and they've done a couple studies before. So they took a look at all of their prior studies, which were, I guess, not all of them, but they took a look at two of their prior studies that were enrolled patients prospectively in Italian emergency departments. So patients could get into these trials if they had acute dyspnea or worsening of their chronic dyspnea, and they were excluded if there was any traumatic cause for their symptoms. So in the study at hand, they did a post-hoc analysis of these two observational studies, and they took a look to see what is the accuracy of the anterior lung fields, what is the accuracy of the lateral lung fields, and what is the accuracy of all of those together. Then to take it one step further, they also took a subset of patients that were hypoxemic, defined as a P to F ratio less than 200 or less than 150, to see if maybe the results changed in that special population. 
And all of these ultrasounds were performed by emergency physicians who were expert in echocardiography and had a good experience of lung ultrasound. These were not the people that were actually taking care of the patient. In all of these patients, they looked at their lung, their heart, and their inferior vena cavas, and they tried to figure out, is there interstitial syndrome? Now, this is a key point. They defined this in a way that we don't always define it because not only did they use the classic definition of three beelines per lung field, but they also included the presence of pleural effusions. So if they had bilateral pleural effusions, bilateral beelines, that counted as a positive lung ultrasound. Also, another minor point, they used portable handheld ultrasounds in these studies. So these are not your typical ultrasounds that everyone has available in their EDs. And this was a, an older one. Um, so these are this is one that was around in 2014. Um, so you gotta take uh, uh, for sure that with a grain of salt because the newer machines that are portable um, are a lot, uh, have I guess better resolution than the machines that are around in 2014. So all patients in the original studies did have their lungs, hearts, and IVC scanned, but this study is particularly only focusing on the lung fields, what happened in those lateral and anterior lung fields. And you know, we always talk about different lung protocols. How many, are you scanning just one space bilaterally? Are you doing 20 spaces all over? In this specific protocol, they looked anteriorly on the second intercostal space, midclavicular, and laterally at the fifth intercostal space, mid-axillary line, bilaterally. So this is a two fields per side protocol, not too hard. So Jacob, what did they find in this study? So they found, first off, uh, what I thought was interesting is because, you know, we should always uh, integrate everything else in our lung ultrasound for sure, but they only looked at the lungs. I think that's important because that's very easy. Now, one of the things that I always talk about is that patients can walk around relatively asymptomatic with an ejection fraction of 20, and that's not why they're in your emergency department that day. But when their heart failure gets bad, then they're going to get all this congestion in their lungs. So just almost like anecdotally and with a bit of evidence, I usually start with my lungs, and I like that they just focused on that. The results honestly were a little bit surprising to me. Not super surprising, a little bit. The reason why is because when you look at these two separate regions isolated, so lateral lung fields at the fifth intercostal space versus anterior at the second intercostal space, they found that the specificities were pretty similar actually, but the sensitivities were different. And I thought it'd kind of be specificities higher for anterior and sensitivities better for the lateral. What they found was for a lateral uh, ultrasound, the sensitivity was 100% with a specificity of 83%. And then with the anterior, that sensitivity was an unfortunate 56%, which honestly makes a little bit of sense. But the specificity was 86%, which is essentially the same as looking in the lateral field, which is a bit interesting to me. Another key point is that the lateral fields were approached the accuracy of combining the anterior and lateral. So if you look at the area under the curves, the combined approach had an area under the curve of 0.91, whereas the lateral had 0.915. It's essentially the same. So what that tells me is that if you're looking at the overall accuracy, the lateral might be just as good as doing anterior and lateral. So maybe the anterior doesn't add too much to the overall accuracy. 
Now, you gotta take this with a grain of salt because this was a retrospective review that was done off of data that was from 2014-2015 with ultrasound, portable ultrasound machines that we don't really use as much anymore. The newer ones probably would have uh, better numbers. I may actually change the data, but I think this is actually very important to think about because for me, I generally have thought to focus on the anterior fields, but this is kind of implying that maybe we should focus on the lateral fields instead of the anterior fields. That's what I love about this article. It's so practical. It really, I think that heart failure patients are where ultrasound can really shine, where it can help you get that diagnosis instantly. And this tells me in that in that modality where I'm using this so frequently, maybe I can do it a little more efficiently. Maybe I now know that the anterior is a little less important than I thought, or it's not even as specific as I previously thought. Now, that's, again, just based on this small study, we have to take it in the context of everything else. Speaking of efficiency, Jacob, did you catch how long it took them to do this study? Don't tell me. Just guess, do you think it was like 10 minutes, 20 minutes? So this is super intense. So I'm gonna quote, the duration of integrated ultrasound examination was always less than three minutes, 30 seconds at most for lung ultrasound alone, and it was done within 30 minutes from the arrival of the patients in the ED. I mean, these guys are they're rock stars to be able to do it, first off, 30, second, uh, 30 minutes from their arrival into the ED, and then do their entire heart, lung, and IVC examination in under three minutes, the lung in 30 seconds. That's the dream. Yeah, but it can, that, this is showing me that it can be done. This can be done. It can done. be done. That's what we should all strive to be, like 30-second lung ultrasounds. You have your answer. You're done. You walk away. Drop the probe. And that's like before the, like triage assessment is done you know like yeah. this, it's intense yeah that's incredible now just another point on the results since they did take a look at that subset of hypoxemic patients just wanted to briefly mention that when you looked at severe hypoxemia the anterior had a little bit more accuracy and the lateral a little worse but there really wasn't any statistical difference and the same held true when you looked at the even more critical hypoxemic patients so not really practice changing findings there. Any other thoughts you have on limitations? I know we talked about that this is a retrospective study. They used different equipment than a lot of us may be using, but honestly, that could only make the results better if you are using a higher You're quality, right. yeah. newer machine. So, Well, the only reason I mentioned that uh, like older machine is because maybe the specificity would be higher with the anterior fields if you're using like a, a more, you know, higher resolution machine, perhaps but you can't get much better sensitivity than they're reporting. Right, and keep in mind, this is impressive accuracy for just doing the lung. A lot of heart failure protocols that we've seen add on a lot of things such as looking at the LV ejection fraction or even diastology such as E to E prime ratios or left atrial size. And there's a lot of different ways you can diagnose acute heart failure exacerbations in the acute setting. This one is pure lung, and it showed what a lot of other studies have shown, that the lung appears to be one of the more accurate parts of that equation. One more thing that I wanted to bring up about this study, it seemed to have a lot lower specificity for acute heart failure than a lot of the other protocols that we've seen. And I think one explanation for that could be the fact that they included those pleural effusions. We know that there's a lot of different things that can cause pleural effusions 
apart from acute heart failure. So perhaps their specificity was lower because they included that. So it would have been interesting to see the results with only the B lines and not looking at the pleural effusions in this case. So let me recap the study. This was 170 patients that were previously prospectively enrolled and now reanalyzed for this study. 40% had heart failure. They found that the combined anterior and lateral accuracy was similar to the lateral lung ultrasound alone, which had an area under the curve of 0.91. And that seemed to be more sensitive than the anterior fields and approximately the same specificity as the anterior lung fields. So lateral came out on top in those results. Our take-home points from this study is that lateral lung fields alone had a similar diagnostic accuracy to the combined views for the diagnosis of acute heart failure. Anterior lung fields had a worse accuracy, except in the subgroups of hypoxemic patients where it seemed fairly equivalent. And lastly, this study's protocol, which included pleural effusions, had a worse specificity than prior evidence. So thanks again for joining us. We really want to thank the authors for doing this important work. And also, thanks to you. We really like you and are glad that you're listening. If you want to find out more, go to ultrasoundgel.org. You can check us out on Facebook or talk to us on Twitter. Until then, we'll talk to you later. Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Ultrasound Gel Podcast.